Hey, hey there. Welcome and good afternoon. My name is Bevan Caramello, and you are listening to Your Weekly Skinny with Jesus. Today is October 24th, 2017, and we are in a series called Interrupted, where we are looking at different lives in the Bible who were greatly interrupted and then trying to learn from their lives um, and, and learn from how they handled things when God allowed their circumstances to change the course that they were on. So last week, we watched a young Daniel ripped from his home and then dragged miles from all that he knew, only to be thrown into slavery. And then later, we saw him choose prayer over panic when his life was on the line. Okay, today we are going to flip a few pages forward. We're still going to be in the book of Daniel, um, but this time we're going to be in chapter three instead of chapter two, and we are going to be looking at one of my all-time favorite passages in scripture. Daniel's friends, um, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, who we saw back in chapter two praying with Daniel, remember we um, they were the friends that Daniel went to um, and asked them to pray with him, asking for God to deliver them from the, from the situation that they were in, right, when it looked like it was about to end in death for all of them. But then we saw God show up, and he gave Daniel a vision that saved them all, okay? And then King Nebuchadnezzar actually makes Daniel ruler over the province of Babylon. And then at Daniel's request, King Nebuchadnezzar goes on and he makes Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah the administrators of our Babylon, okay? So Nebuchadnezzar, when he took all of these young Israelites captive, he renamed a lot of them, okay? So you may have heard of Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah already. You probably know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? So that is where we are starting right now. So pick it up with me now in chapter three. We're going to start at verse one. Okay. We'll read through verse six here to start with. Okay. So chapter three, verse one, it starts out. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and nine feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. The satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, this is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Okay. You guys see it? Here is our interruption. Okay? Remember, they were made um, administrators over Babylon, so they're included in this group of people that is called to bow down and worship this big gold statue. 
Okay, King Nebuchadnezzar is commanding them to worship this huge statue, this golden statue that he's had built. And they can either obey the king and sin against their own God, or they can stick to their beliefs, but then they're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. All right, let's pick it up in verse 8. It says, At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Okay. So, big interruption, first of all. They are just going about their business. They're administrators over Babylon. They're doing their jobs. They're going about their daily lives. And now all of a sudden, they're called in front of this huge statue and if they don't bow down and worship this statue, King Nebuchadnezzar is going to throw them into a fiery furnace. Big interruption in their day that day. And you guys, then these verses that follow with these people pointing them out, calling them out. Hey, look, Neb, look. Those guys over there, they're not willing to bow down and worship the statue that you've commanded them to worship. You guys, these verses jumped off the page at me this week because it just stood out to me that when we choose to live like God has instructed us to live, when we choose to live Christian lives in a very ungodly world around us, we're going to stand out, aren't we? I mean, we should look differently than the world around us. And that can be a little uncomfortable, right? I'm sure it was for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, and then it got me thinking, what does that mean in our world today? Because there's no big golden statue that a king has put in front of us. But there is a world around us that does things very differently than we're supposed to do things a world around us that worships all kinds of other things. They worship money and power, fancy cars, huge houses. They worship careers, Hollywood. You know, and it got me thinking, so what does it, look, what does it really mean to look differently in our world today? And I thought, you know, maybe it's, it's little things, like maybe it's praying before our meals, even when we're in public, when we're out to dinner at a restaurant. Why? Why is it important that we do that? Because when Jesus ate, he always asked God to bless his food first, and then he thanked God for it. You know, it's pretty simple. If we want to look like Jesus, we have to do what Jesus did. You know, maybe it means that our kids miss soccer or baseball games that are scheduled for Sunday mornings. Maybe we have some angry coaches or or disgruntled teammates because of it. Why? Why are, Why do we do that? Even though people might get upset with us. 
because it sets the precedent in our families that worship is the most important thing, that worshiping the one true God is the most important thing we can do. And we're not going to put anything else in front of God on our calendars. You know, living a Christ-like life means we are going to stand out from the crowd. We should stand out from the crowd. You know, Jesus looked drastically different than the other religious leaders of that time, of his time. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this happened hundreds of years before Jesus walked the earth. But try to imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on the plain of Dura, standing among all the governors and advisors and treasurers and judges. Basically, they are standing among anyone who's anyone in Babylon. Standing in front of this golden statue as everyone else around them bows down, lays down before this statue and worships the king's statue. I mean, they are literally standing out, right? Literally standing up for what they believe, for who they believe in, while everybody else is bowing down. They're standing there on this plane. Everybody can see them. The three of them refuse to bow down and worship any other god. Okay, pick it up with me in verse 13. It says, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the hort, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Whew. It's a test, huh? And how quickly Nebuchadnezzar forgets, right? Remember last week at the end of chapter 2, after Daniel interprets his dream, um, it says in verse 47, listen to this, Nebuchadnezzar says, the great God has shown the king, oh, sorry, that was the wrong verse. Okay, verse 47, it says, the king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. And now here we see him in chapter 3, verse 15, and he's just speaking a totally different tune. He says, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? How quickly pride can just consume and take over, right? Okay, but let's keep going. Chapter 3, let's start again, verse 16. This is one of my favorite parts of all scripture, these next three verses. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Oh, it's, I just, it's so powerful. Their trust in God was so big that they were willing to die before they would worship any other. You know, they, they say he's able to save us, but even if he doesn't, 
we won't worship any other God but our God. Such beautiful courage, such beautiful faith. And I love what Beth Moore says about these verses. I, I did uh, one of her studies on the book of Daniel a couple of years ago, and something she said with me has just stuck with me all these years later. She says, we are always delivered either from the fire, through the fire, or by the fire. Isn't that just a powerful view of God amidst all of life's difficulties? He's always present and always delivering his children in every fire. We don't always get to decide how we're delivered. You know, we'd all like to be delivered from the fire. I think oftentimes we're delivered from fires, so many battles we don't ever even see. He's delivering us from the fire. We never even face it. Sometimes he delivers us through the fire. We have to go through that process of fighting the battle. And sometimes he delivers us by the fire. The battle, whatever it is, is actually what takes us out of this world and onto the next, into eternity with him. But he's always delivering either from the fire, through the fire, or by the fire. Okay, let's keep going. We're almost through. Let's see, we're in verse 19. It says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent, you guys, he's mad, so urgent, and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked the advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. How quickly he remembers, right? servants of the most high God come out come here so Shadrach Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps prefects governors and royal advisors crowded around them they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies because the same fire that killed the men that took them up to the furnace just by getting close to it they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies nor was a hair on their heads singed their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. They didn't even smell like they'd been in a fire. You know, some say the man in the fire with them was an angel. Some suggest that maybe it was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus himself. But whoever it was, he was sent by God. And I think that might be our biggest takeaway from this story today. Whatever the fire we are facing, God is in the furnace with us. You know, I don't know 
what fire you're facing today. I know there's so many of us walking through hard things. I don't know if your marriage is failing or you're battling health issues or maybe you've lost your job or you're battling addiction. Maybe you're grieving a really great loss of someone that you love. But I can promise you, God is in it with you. God gets in the furnace with us. He never leaves us. He never abandons us. All right, let's finish this chapter. Verse 28 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. You guys, the way we live our lives, the choices that we make, it matters. People notice. Here we see the king humbled again, acknowledging that God is God because these three men were willing to give up their very lives rather than to serve or worship any God except their God. And he goes on to say, for no other God can save in this way. You guys, in the end, whether we come through the fire or whether God allows it to take us home. May we live our lives in such a way that he gets all the glory. May it be said of our God because of the way we live our lives, no other God can save in this way. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would give us big, bold courage like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to live our lives differently from the world around us. And Lord, I pray for all of those who are facing really big fires right now. I pray for your perfect deliverance. And I pray, Lord, that they might know without a doubt you are in that fiery furnace with them, that you never let go, that you are always fighting on our behalf, and that your deliverance always comes. Father God, I thank you for each person on this call. I thank you for this time together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being on this call with me today. Uh, For those of you who might be new or just haven't done it yet, I encourage you to find us uh, in Facebook. All you got to do is search 
uh, your weekly skinny. Just type in weekly skinny in Facebook and it'll pop up. Then you add yourself there and I'll approve it. All are welcome. I post all these calls under uh, the files tab on that Facebook page. So you can go back and catch up on any calls you may have missed. Um, or you can just listen online. I know there's a lot of you who like to listen to the replays later throughout the week while you're sitting at your desk. There are some of you like to listen while you're driving down the road. That's my favorite time to listen to training calls. So you can pipe it through your Bluetooth that way. The playback, um, which is on the graphic you, that you've got, that playback number, um, if you call that number, that call is good for an entire week until next week's live call replaces it, okay? And then the, the calls on the Facebook page under the Files tab are there forever, so you can get to all the calls you may have missed, okay? I love being on these calls with you, and I will be praying for you and yours this week. If you ever have special prayer requests, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can post those on that Weekly Skinny Facebook page. You can text me with them, message me with them. It is my privilege to pray for you. So I will see you guys back here next week, Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Until then, I am praying for you and yours. Bye now.